Hello, friends, and welcome to Stories from the Tool Shed. My name's Stephen. And my name's Tim. And we're excited to journey with you through the Spiritual Authority Cohort. Let's get it! We have got another exciting podcast for you today, talking about the topic of inner healing. Uh, we've got a couple guests with us, but man, I have just gotten done uh, helping to facilitate and also being present in the room for three cohorts. Stephen, how about you? Same. I had the chance of being with one of our speakers for three sessions, and man, I am amazed at what God does in our hearts, not only today, but even in years past. God cares about all the things that we've gone through, and uh, I was really, I was blown away. I was blown away to see God bring healing in our sessions. Yeah, it's been uh, really fun for me, different experiences each time. And just really the joy of being led through a process of seeing Jesus in memories and helping to solve some of the issues that just represent themselves in life from day to day. Big things, small things, um, it's no big deal for Jesus, and he loves partnering with us in it. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Well, it is my joy and honor to get to introduce you all to a couple of our speakers from the cohort this past week. We have Ellen Ebley and Keith Peeler on with us today. We're super excited to hear from them, but I am sure they are exhausted. I think each of them led four cohorts each, so they are about inner healing out, but we're going to have them do another little deep dive here for our podcast today. I thought I'd start out today just by reading a scripture um, that I read just today, and I think it was uh, it was just for this podcast, I'm sure. So let's read it. It's uh, John 15, 1 through 4. This is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So I love that passage, and I think that there is some inner healing in that passage by itself. And I hope that uh, Ellen and Keith both can respond to that a little bit uh, in their own way. So we're going to kick it off today hearing from Ellen, just sort of briefly describing her story uh, and some of her favorite bits about inner healing and why this is a ministry that she loves to participate in. So Ellen, we're excited you're here. Thanks, Tim. It's great to be here. Yes, we had some great nights this last over this last week. So fun to see what God's going to be doing all across the country. Well, you know, it's funny when you asked me to come on this podcast, I thought, what was my story with inner healing? And I... Think back to 2009 when I first heard about it through Patty Metcalf, uh, who's part of Novo. And I remember thinking, oh, wow, this would be so great for everybody else. And I remember thinking there were so many people I knew who were stuck. And ha, 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 so funny like God. Uh, you know, he had other plans. And the first, the journey was really about me. You know, I was learning about listening and hearing just like so many of I know our listeners are and this more intimacy and God was just bringing more and more awareness to me of my, my own brokenness, my own issues. And so, of course, he began there and began with my own 
healing process. And then I remember thinking, well, this still really is good for everybody else too. And I just, God developed this passion in me to want to bring it to others. So naturally, as we were learning about it, I wanted to share it with others. Hey, I'm learning this. Do you want to try this? Or, oh, that sounds like you could have a spirit of fear there or something. What, you know, um, do you want to help see if we can get rid of that? It was kind of this exciting adventure. And it was also about warfare and about praying to people's homes and some other things that were all new to us at the same time. Um, so it was kind of this weaving of all things together. And then I got to this place where Keith and I would get calls sometimes from church or from other people. Can you come? Can you come? And then I thought, oh, you know what? I think we need to train up some other people because we, I don't want to be the only show in town, not show, but the only people in town who are able to do this. We really want others to be able to do this as well. So that kind of shifted our direction towards how do we get other people people trained up in this whole process. And it has been an incredible journey um, of my own healing and then to be able to bring healing to others and and help people um, kind of take the next step themselves. And I just love what it does for people as individuals and what I love what it does for the the families and I love what it does for the church and the great in the community. It helps people get off the sidelines and kind of back into the game and being passionate about the, the kingdom, the great commission. Uh, serving and loving one another. So I'm hooked. I know you are. And I honestly, uh, Ellen in her teaching, her ministry, her life, um, this is who she is. And same with Keith, which we'll hear from in a minute. But I mean, Ellen, as I'm, as I'm even hearing you talk, I'm thinking of this in the background. I mean, why do you think this concept of inner healing is new for the church? Like, why, why is it new? Um, why do you think, maybe you shared some of your story. It felt new for you at the beginning, but wh- why do you think that is? Well, you know, I think, I think honestly, I mean, it's, it's not new in the sense that there are people who are doing this back in the last, the last century, you know, back in, in, in the, the 80s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. But I think in the, our churches, you don't hear about it in church, very much at all. And I think that it was, there was a little bit of stigma or is it too much like psychology? Is it too much like a, a domain that was, that we just really gave over to the whole, to counseling and to psychology and never invited God into these spaces of our lives and, or never thought we even needed healing beyond, you know, Second Corinthians 5.17, you know, when you come to faith, it's, it's all things are new. The old is gone. And shouldn't all this stuff been taken care of? But in reality, it really wasn't. And so I think there's just a new awareness of, okay, this stuff really is present in here. And Jesus does want to enter into it with us. And that he, that he is the healer. And I think it's just opening our minds to a greater dimension of what healing looks like. You know, we know physical healing, but I think this whole area of emotional healing is something that we've, I think, as evangelicals are reluctant and sometimes to head into. Mm, That's really good. One question that comes to mind, and and I had the pleasure of uh, sitting through your teaching a couple times. um, I love that idea of the physical and the spiritual uh, both being governed by laws. and, And one, we take so much of so much stock in the physical, which we experience and see, but then in the spiritual sense, it's, it's a little bit like we're starving. Can you speak a little bit to how inner healing plays in on that spiritual side of things and how we can be as grounded in that reality as we are in the physical one? And, and catch us up, Ellen, because I was not in your session. So tell us a little about what that, mean, that means for you. Yeah, it's so interesting that we really are 
in a place where we are physically, 100% physical beings and 100% spiritual beings. And we understand what's happening in the physical world because we live there. We know gravity, we know inertia. But in the spiritual world, we don't always pay attention to the rules and the laws that are there and that we really live there all the time. And that prayer is a spiritual realm exercise. And I think as we as we are able then to take that concept of being physical both spiritual beings, spiritual beings, 100% spiritual beings into our reality, it affects everything. And that, you know, like I, I mentioned on my, in my teaching, you know, we, we're subject to the rules of the wages of sin is death, or um, if we don't forgive, we're not forgiven. And I think that the more we're aware of what's happening in the spiritual world in our daily life, the more we're aware we're able to have our armor on and able to fight and we're able to... Um, be aware of what Jesus is doing and what the other side may be doing as well. And that just kind of puts us more in an ability to use our spiritual authority and to kind of hold space in this world for other people um, as priests, as which you'll be hearing about. And it just makes us much more well-rounded, I think, if we pay attention to both sides. Yeah, it's helpful. You know, and some of my experience too, Ellen, is... And I, I, I'm going to turn this into a question because I, I really want to hear your thoughts on this is, you know, I, I know Jesus has paid for my healing. I know that in this world we're going to have troubles, but I think sometimes I've had a hard time believing that, um, that maybe it's done, but I, I don't want to go back to it or I don't know uh, how to receive further healing. And so I I just wonder if, you know, in inner healing appointments or uh, in times where you've been in prayer appointments with different people, have you experienced that some people, you know, come to a point in their healing journey where they're like, hey, I'm done with this, but it kind of keeps coming up. I know I, I did an inner healing appointment, but some reason it comes back up. Um, or maybe another group of people where they're like, you know, wrestling with inner healing and saying like, man, I don't know where to even start on this journey. I don't feel like I've had major trauma. I know that was something that came up last night. Um, but could you, I mean, maybe could you just talk about those two realities from different groups of people? Have you seen that in different prayer appointments or people that you've prayed for? Yeah, certainly I have. You know, I think the I'll answer the second part of that first. You know, people who um, don't feel like they have very much there, uh, I think we all have things that are there. And I really think the place to start is really as you learn to listen to Jesus. I know that's part of what we've been doing in these cohorts is learning to listen and hear and develop more intimacy with Jesus and making sure that there's no blocks there. And it really kind of sometimes begins in conversation. You know, I do think that people, I mean, I would say most everyone has a tape that plays or has something that they continue to, to struggle with or that comes up, whether it's a memory or whether it's just something that they, a control thing or their, their neat nicks, just maybe a little bit too neat nicky. Um, many different, it shows up many different ways, but I think that it's very much a common thing to just our humanity and even redeemed humanity. And I think just beginning to open the box to, like at first, asking Jesus for awareness of what's happening inside of me. Uh, where is, where are the places of my brokenness if you can't, if they're not obvious to you? And beginning in those places of conversation with him in the meeting place, uh, and starting there to begin to peel back some of those things. And it's amazing. I think when you begin the journey, it's kind of like when you 
like into one or two little threads. Oh, a few more. Come unraveled. And you're like, okay, well, I guess there really is more here than I was willing to admit that was here. Or there's times where we have just done such a good job at stuffing stuff or suppressing it that, that it's not accessible right there, but, but it's there. And it's entering with Jesus into taking time to enter with him into those spaces. Yeah. Hey, thanks for that, Ellen. And I, you know, I'm reminded of just even the scripture that Tim read over us over, you know, John 15, um, that us being purified mm-hmm. and, and our branches being, it's not for condemnation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ right. Jesus, but we're growing in Christ likeness in the image of God. And so our part of our inner healing journey is us becoming more like Christ, exactly uh, receiving all that Jesus has paid for. So, exactly. hey, thanks for making that clear. That's really helpful. Hey, I want to introduce you. Uh, some of you know Keith Peeler. I've had the the joy of being with him for the past three days. And, You're not tired uh, of me yet, are you? Yeah, you know, Probably. not yet. We're looking at each other over Zoom right now. Uh, awesome friend, Novo Missionary. And uh, hey, I want to ask you the same thing, Keith. Where'd you start in this journey? Um, how'd you get into this? And how did the Lord lead you into the ministry that you and your wife are a part of today? Yeah, well, I, I we started at the beginning of our time with Novo. Uh, we had transitioned from an amazing church in Dallas, Texas. We were new missionaries on the field, and we started having uh, supernatural experiences that we couldn't explain or understand. So I reached out to Sam Metcalf, the president of Novo, and said, hey, uh, I got some questions, man. We we need some answers over here in Dallas, Texas. And and at that time, I was actually at the same training that Ellen and her husband, Keith, there's two Keiths on this call, Ellen's husband, Keith, and Keith Peeler, just to be clear. And uh, <laughs> and I was there with them, and um, for myself, I was there to learn about spiritual warfare, because that's what we were experiencing in these tangible ways that I could not, uh, I, I had no experience with otherwise beforehand. So the inner healing part of this deal wasn't even on my radar. Like that's not even a phrase I went to the training that, was, that wasn't even in my mind. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, uh, and I've shared this testimony publicly many times, so if you're in my training, you've heard this, but for the others that haven't, Dr. Kraft is leading the seminar and he's talking about how in the inner healing journey that people store their memories as pictures. And from his training, he says, so when someone has a wound, uh, that wound might fester and become garbage. And that garbage is what rats can feast off of. And his analogy of garbage and rats is the rats is this uh, dark forces, the demonic stuff that might be lingering around that feeds off of the woundedness that he calls garbage. So in his prayer model, he said, so what we do is we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us to the place of brokenness. When that garbage is identified, we invite Jesus into it And Jesus cleans up the garbage so that when uh, the garbage is gone, there's nothing there for the rats to feast off of. And and he shared this analogy, and I went, okay, well, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, That's news to me. Uh, I've read about angels and demons, but I don't know that I've ever encountered that. So, okay, sure. But the hook was this. At some point after that analogy, he had some comment. It was it felt like a throwaway comment, but I felt like it was one of those like, you know, you're sitting in a sermon 
and you think the pastor's talking just to you, right? One You're of those like, kind of things. That's for me. Like, <laughs> is he staring at me and pointing at me right now? He says this. He says, "Oh, by the way, uh, if you know anybody struggling with pornography, that's almost always a demonic root." And my heart fluttered because I was still wrestling with that issue in my life at that point. Uh, as a pastor and as a missionary, I mean, I had accountability. You know, my wife knew. We were talking about it. I I'd been through counseling in the past for it, uh, and and so I was quote unquote doing all the right things to to manage my behavior, and yet there was this hunger inside of me that I felt like was at times unexplainable. And when he said that, I went, "Oh my gosh." How have I been dealing with this issue for so long in my life and never heard it might actually be a demonic problem? Like yeah. I still took responsibility and he wasn't he wasn't said, you know, it's not the devil made me do it, but but the idea that that core wound might be festering because the enemy was using it as a stronghold. So he leads us through a public example of how to do this. So he's training us by leading us. And I'm just be- I'm just beginning to have a memory of where I first was exposed to pornography. And he goes, okay, that's good. That's enough for today. See you tomorrow. (laughs) And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on. I was just getting a picture, Dr. Craft. So anyway, he says as he's closing down the training, he says, but now you have the tools. So you can go home tonight, tomorrow morning, whatever. You can do this by yourself and see how it works. So, I mean, I'm having a whole world of like mind-blowing experiences in just one day of training. Right? And Keith, why why did he why did he do that? Well, I I think what he was trying to ch- show us was that, that anybody can do this. Like gotcha. here are the strict yeah. here are the biblical tools. Here's the biblical understanding that God wants us to be free. Uh, 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 you know, in the verse that that Tim read, he's pruning us. Right? Like God cares so much about our inner life that whatever that brokenness is, he wants he wants all of us. Right. And I think it's a it's about layers of onions of pain, and he doesn't get to the root of everything right away because I've said this a ton of times. I think I think if God healed me of all my stuff at one time, it might physically kill me. Like it might be just like literally too much for the human body to handle. Um, so he lovingly and gently pulls that away, and so he sent us home. I was on Central Coast. I mean, I was Central Coast. I was a Central guy living in uh, Dallas, Texas, and the training was on the West Coast. So I'm up at like you know five in the morning, and I'm I'm laying in my buddy's bed who was letting me stay with them while we were at the training. And I said, "Well, that crazy old man said I could do this by myself. I guess I'll try it." And I went through his tool, and sure enough, I remembered a memory when I was four years old of being exposed to some junk, right, and. I saw little four-year-old Keith sitting there on the floor, and the, and the facial expressions were fear, shame, guilt. Um, the look on the face of this four-year-old little version of me was like, I didn't ask for this, but now I want it. Like I, I interpret it like, I didn't ask to see this, but now I'm craving it. It's in me. And he goes, I said, okay. He said, uh, where's Jesus? So I said, all right, Jesus, where were you? And in my mind's eye, uh, I, I just saw this like just big, big ripped up like buff Jesus, like muscle Jesus. I don't know why, but that's what I saw. And he walks in the room and he looks at me and goes, that? Huh, we don't need that anymore. And he picks me up, puts me on his hip, and he, he starts walking me out the room in my mind's eye, right? This memory. And I remember being flabbergasted and thinking, oh my gosh, like, G- wait, Jesus, you're not mad at me? You're not ashamed of me? Like the guilt and the shame that I've been carrying for three or four, almost four decades. 
And uh, he goes, we're done with that. It's time to go. And so I'm walking out and I, I just feel a release and relief. And I'm like, okay, what did, what did Kraft say after that? I said, okay, so then you just tell whatever rats are there to go away. I said, all right, so in Jesus' name, I don't even know what might be there, but it's got to go. So in Jesus' name, get out. And I just felt a transformation of my heart. And, and I was like, I called my wife and I was like, I don't even know what this means, but I'm pretty sure I just got delivered. And wow. that's where it began. It was a total, like I was literally at the training, had no idea that I could be affected by the spiritual realm in that way. And when I experienced it, I was like, okay, this is for real. And once I saw it was for real, I was like, okay. And like any good husband, I went home and I told my wife she needed deliverance too. <laughs> by the way, uh, I don't recommend that. It did not go well for me. But <laughs> but ultimately, she read the books that I'd read. I shared the training. We talked. We prayed. And then when her heart was ready, uh, and she's got an amazing testimony about her experience too that you can always ask her about. Well, thanks so much, Keith, for sharing that. That's pretty incredible. Um, I have to ask, um, so that day, right, lifelong struggle delivered, and it's yeah. been less of an issue, not an issue. Um, what's that look like? Great follow-up question. Yeah, so, so here's what, how I explain this. I am a man, and I, I struggle with man issues, right? Lust, temptation, these are all struggles that come against every man that I know. But what's different today is that hunger, that, that um, compulsion maybe is the word that I'd use. That has been gone, and it's gone. So then if I had any kind of fatigue or burnout or anything, it was like that was the go-to vice. And it was just like I just find myself there. Now, if I'm beat up, worn out, whatever, it's like, yeah, nice try. I see you there. Not going to happen. Um, over the last 12 years, that doesn't mean I haven't failed in that area as a husband. I think it's been twice in 10, 12 years now that I struggle with that. But the difference was I now understand my authority. Mm. So when I went back to that brokenness, when I fell into that temptation, I knew that I was giving an invitation to the enemy to come back. Mm. The difference was I didn't have 30 years of that. Mm. So what got delivered from me, right, in that training was, boom, dump truck. Mm. And now it's like a couple pebbles of dirt. Mm -hmm. But that's mm -hmm. easy to brush away because what was released from me, because I didn't know I could even pray that way, um, I, you know, I'm still a normal man. I'm supernatural man, but I struggle with human things, but I don't have any of that torment. I don't have any guilt. I don't have any, sh I'm here. I'm, I'm on a podcast telling you about my pornography struggle. I have zero shame yeah. to talk about it because I have been set free from that issue. Yeah. And I'm sure what you found That's is good. through that deliverance and through that healing is that becomes a platform then to help others get unstuck in a similar way, much like he uses. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, how many men and pastors we know that are struggling with the same yeah. thing? Yeah, that's great. Well, yeah. so one other question. So you've facilitated hundreds, if not thousands? I think, yeah, we tried to calculate the other day. I, don't, I can't even keep yeah, track anymore. Lots it's and awesome. lots of these healing appointments. Are there any common threads that you find um, working with people through issues? Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of threads. I think the most common that we deal with is, uh, it, it's a combo pack. It's fear, but fear specifically in that God won't talk to mm -hmm. 
So a lot of the folks that come to us, uh, we come out of a mainline denominational evangelical background, and um, a lot of my friends in that world are, um, I didn't grow up thinking that I could always hear from God all the time. So it's been in the last 10 years of my faith journey that I've done the listening prayer, and I've been able to to sense the power of the Spirit and, and learn you know, everything I read about in scriptures and, and my whole life, the theology was already there, but the tangible experiences of it were new to me starting 10 years ago. And so a lot of the folks that come for the first time, we talk through a lot of the doubts and fears behind, well, I'm just afraid God's not going to show up today. Or what if, what if God's mad at me? And mm. what if, well, if I'm hearing, how do I know the difference between like my own thoughts And if this is God. Yeah, I think we had that last night too. Yeah, absolutely. And all of those questions come. um, And the the number one thing is is that that fear issue of, one, God's not going to show up, or fear that the enemy is stronger um, than it really is. And the thing that we always love to share with people is like, look, dealing with darkness in our lives is, for Keith Peeler, difficult. For Jesus, not a problem. Mm Mm-hmm. So inviting them into that posture of, of bringing that fear, bringing that fear of hearing from him to him and taking time with the person at whatever level um, that they're at. Because I think one of the phrases that we stay away from now that we've learned after 10 years of this is the, the phrase hearing from God. Mm. And I love listening prayer, so I'm not picking on it at all because I do it. But when we say, what did you hear from God? It gives this impression that there's an audible voice that I'm supposed to be getting. I've never experienced that. I've been doing this for 12 years. I've never heard the audible voice of God. But I can, in my spirit, uh, in fact, one of the testimonies that we used in the the thing last night, in the space where my thoughts live, was the phrase he used. So in the space where my thoughts live, I can hear from God in those ways, or I might sense him. I might see pictures. My wife lately is getting, every time we pray for somebody, she gets a song, whether she knows it exists or not. The Lord just says, this is a song. And she's like, is this even a song? We Google it. Yep. Looks like it's a song. Here, Tim, this song's for you. Uh, So Mm -hmm. it could be a variety of ways, but helping them, if they've never done that before, just helping them identify how to connect with with the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Um, So that's, I think, that's where we usually begin. Mm -hmm. It's good. Hey, as we as we kind of end, I want to give you two questions. I'm thinking for both of you, um, real quick. Ellen, I'd love to hear, um, and I think our listeners would love to hear too. Could you tell us a little about spiritual hygiene and how this could be a practice in our daily devotional life? And Keith, what does this look like? And we'll start with Ellen first, but after, what's this look like? Um, if you if you don't care to share that story about CrossFit, what's it look like in the day to day at the gym? That you know you got two screaming kids in the background. Like what what does inner healing look like? And I love to throw that out to both you, Ellen. What would you say? Spiritual hygiene. I don't I don't know if I heard that phrase somewhere, but I have just come to love that because it just I don't know, I'm a nurse, so that that fits in my little back my little background as well. But the idea that it's an ongoing process of just caring for your spirit and caring for the health and the well being of your spirit. And for an example of way and I think Rustenbach uses one of the little things for healing him, he says or the questions you can ask Jesus is, is there an overreaction to a recent event? And it's sometimes I find myself feeling really frustrated and I don't know why 
or I find myself overreacting to a situation. Like Keith was in Beirut a few years back and he's had lots of back surgery over the years and he texted me and said, I'm having a lot of numbness and tingling down my legs. And instantly my, my, my guts just dropped out and I felt like kind of sick to my stomach. I thought, Ugh. and I thought, okay, well, that, that needs a little attention. I just need to find out why, what just happened to me? Why did I, why did I overreact like that or, or react like that? And so taking then 10 minutes to sit down with Jesus. So Jesus, what was that all about? Where did that, mm. what is it, and where did that begin? And he led me, for me, he led me on this little journey of, well, you know exactly where that comes from, which I did was back from 2006 when he had his surgeries. But, he says, but it's not really about that. You're kind of still waiting for me to drop the other shoe. Ooh. And it really actually isn't about Keith. It's about your daughter and some things that were going on with her with um, finishing nursing school. And so I got mm. to sit with Jesus and have conversation with him about these very present things that it took a, kind of a bit of an overreaction for me to, to take time to, to address. So that's good. Thank you. Very practical. Well, and I love, and I love too how you're saying I started in one place in listening prayer, and I God led me somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so connected to the hearing God journey, the listening prayer, whatever we want to call it, Keith. Right? Like whatever that is of connecting our heart to His and knowing what the Spirit's saying. Keith, what about you, man? Tell us, uh, what's this thing about CrossFit? <laughs> tell, tell some of our listeners. I think it'd be an encouraging story. Okay, well, for our listeners that don't know Keith Peeler, you have to understand I'm a, I'm a little bit, oh, what's the right word? Maybe uh, flamboyant or uh, out there, or uh, I like to just kind of put myself out there and see what happens, okay? And so this story will probably mortify my wife that I'm sharing this here on the podcast, but you're going to get it anyway. Um, she'll forgive me. She's, she's had too many times. <laughs> so, okay, here's the, but, but it gets to a practical issue. So in the middle of our, of our journey moving to a new town, um, I knew I needed to get in shape. Uh, Megan has been on a cancer journey this year, and we're fighting through that as a family. And I was like, I know that if I don't get some exercise and take better care of my body, it's not going to go well for anybody. So uh, I didn't want to do CrossFit. I swore I'd never do CrossFit, but I ended up in a CrossFit gym and found some fellowship there, found some new people to hang out with. But I mean, it's, you know, it's got all kinds of people, uh, you know, all kinds of people in this gym and, and some are pretty rough and some are pretty, you know, laid back and all this. kind. Of, so I'm thinking to myself, man, one of these guys is going to ask me what I do for a living sooner or later. What am I going to tell them? How do I, how do I explain inner healing and deliverance? when honestly most of my Christian friends don't really understand that language either. And I'm like, yeah, I got to explain my language to explain my job. This doesn't make sense. So I'm thinking about it, thinking about it. And I end up, I, I'm joining the gym one day and sure enough, one of the guys goes, so Keith, what do you do for a living anyway? And I go, and this is again, just my personality. I'm like, well, let's see what comes out. Uh, so I said, <laughs> well, <laughs> I run a small nonprofit we do prayer ministry, and I do some coaching and training, but basically, I'm a Protestant exorcist. And these guys are like, wait, what? And they kind of give me this like smiling, laughing, but I don't, did I hear you right kind of look? And I said, basically, when people have problems with demons, they call me. And the owner of the gym looks up without even batting an eye and just goes, huh, I bet you're busy. So anyway, he... You know, that was a really catalytic conversation. But what it led to was the next day, a person at the gym came up and said, hey, I need to know more about what you do. And then started explaining some spiritual issues they were having. And in that, 
the person at the gym just says, hey, I got some questions for you. Can we just talk? And we jumped in his truck and literally just driving down the road, he's asking about spiritual things, not, a, not even a Christian, but he's asking and he's open. I explain the authority that we have in Jesus' name. He identifies a voice he's hearing in the back of his head. And I just simply say, well, it sounds like a voice is not coming from you, but from a dark place. You want to get rid of it? He goes, sure. So 65 miles an hour down the road, I said, I'm going to pray in the name of Jesus. Are you good with that? Yep, sure I am. Prayed. He goes, huh, Keith, I feel clean. Mm. Like, my friend, that is Jesus. And so it was a catalytic conversation, and, and that, those, that conversation uh, has been wow. continuing as a way of evangelism. So I wow. say it this way. All prayer is a catalytic experience where we're engaging with God for the sake of his kingdom coming. And that can be inner healing. It can be listening. It can be deliverance. It can be physical. Uh, so prayer is prayer in my book. And it's always about drawing people into the intimacy, uh, into intimacy with God. Wow. That's good. Well, thank you both for joining us today. Um, I love just how accessible this topic is for people and how much Jesus is just waiting there to partner with people to either help pruning, which can, can be painful or can sound painful, but really it's to preserve the health of the tree and so that it produces much more fruit everywhere else. Sometimes it's lopping a branch off. Sometimes it's pruning so that more fruit can come out of the same area. And so I love both the scripture we read this morning, both of your stories and your partnership with Jesus to help people find freedom. Um, through Jesus and what they're doing and just that practical way of just, we're just asking questions and helping people walk through this journey uh, that Jesus is excited to lead them on. So thank you both for that. Um, Stephen, any other final remarks you've got? Yeah, I I mean, I hear in both your stories that healing is for God's children. Mm. Yep. Um, No matter what age we are, no matter what we've gone through, we haven't gone through so much that God can't meet us in that pain and that problem or that circumstance. And Mm. so I think we just need to give glory to God that he cares about all things. Um, If it's 40 years ago and if it's four minutes ago. Um, he really does care about our daily lives. And hey, I want to ask you, and I, I know I'm thinking this, I know probably our listeners are too, but what are some additional resources out there um, that people can connect to through you both? Well, we uh, have a website, of course, and we're partnered with Novo, and we work with all of the teams within Novo. And Ellen and I actually work a ton together. We you know, co-authored some training materials together and we've been working on things and honing the things that Patty Metcalf gave us in the early days and all that stuff. So uh, everfree.us is our full-time inner healing and deliverance ministries of podcasts, some things there and some books and things that we recommend on the recommended reading of that website. And I know Ellen's got uh, access to great resources as well. I just want to direct you all, remember there's things on Teachable that have been put put up there this month, uh, several things, a questionnaire if any of you want to reach out to your local leaders uh, to um, to get a prayer appointment set up, there's a questionnaire there. And also I refer to you actually to one of the pieces up there is the after, after prayer exercise, which you all went through Inner Healing in the cohort this past week. And if you... If you sense Jesus did a few some things in you, in you, and you want to just take it a little further, there's a page up there that will help give you some exercises to um, kind of cement and seal and 
take your, your healing a bit farther forward. So check out what's on Teachable. Well, thanks, you guys. I'm just going to close us up with just a quick blessing. Um, and, of course, thank you both for being here. Um, so for those who are listening, I just bless you with clear vision for the next steps that you would see and experience your savior in a new way and that he would partner with you to lop off or to allow other areas to grow in your life where he wants to see much fruit and you actually want to see it too. So I bless you with that in Jesus name. And as we go from here, may we never be the same in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. If you have an encouraging story, we would love to hear it. Email us at cohort.stories at novo.org.